Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the old is new again sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Evan, I got to tell you, I I went shopping today at the Apple Store. I needed my my own electric, you know, or the uh, the charging cable, the quick charging <laughs> yeah. cable. So that was sort of modern. But I also need my rabbit ears. So, uh, do you know where the nearest Radio Shack is? <laughs> Are you <laughs> right next to the PC Richard and Son? I believe. No, oh no 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 no. Do you, uh, do you know Radio Shack? Are you old yes. enough to have shopped in a Radio Shack? Of course, yes. All right, good. Brian Lawler, President, Script Sports. You, I know, are old enough to have shopped in a Radio Shack. AM, transistor radio, earpieces. Tell me, what did you buy at Radio Shack? Uh, well, that would have been a Walkman. Yes. And uh, back in the uh, epic days of mobile television on a Walkman, both radio with where my little cassette went in. Yep. And then uh, finally was able to watch television on it, too. Yeah, I would say, by the way, that yellow color of yeah. the that really that that was a good idea. Whoever came up with it, we should make these things yellow. You saw one of those from you know five hundred feet. You know they they were on a Walkman, <laughs> and that dude was really cool with it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I still, by the way, I see. So you, I don't like the wireless buds. You got you got the wire buds here. I've got the wire. Eben always has the wireless. I can't ever hear him. I, I, are we old school? Is it what? Is it more convenient? What what's with us? Just easier. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like just easy. By the way, speaking of easy, you know, the Google is the easiest thing in the world. Brian, I know that you had this on your refrigerator. Ready for this? That in 2012, broadcasting and cable, you were one of the 80 most influential people in TV. Now, Eben and I had the discussion, were you number two or were you 79? No, I was somewhere in the middle, I think. Right. Uh, I, although, I, I guess, I don't know if they ranked them or it was alphabetical or something like that, but I remember... Like uh, Dick Ebersole um, and Roger Goodell were on there. And I was thinking, man, that's pretty cool. Uh, Bob Iger. I'm like, I'm on a pretty good list there. So unfortunately, if they rank me today, I'd be about 180. Oh, no. Is this one of those <laughs> quite a career? Yeah, this is one of those. Let's redraft the uh, 90 or the 2012 broadcasting and cable top 80 and see where everybody ranked. Uh, I, I could do this all day. So, Evan, you want to if you get 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 to scripts like you get to scripts because I could do this all day and I'll chime in. Yeah, I mean, let's let's start with it won't surprise you, Brian. Scott and I spent a lot of time in the past few months talking about what's happening in in sports media and sports broadcasting. You guys, Scripps, obviously a, a big name in, in TV and broadcasting, decided last year to launch Scripps Sports. Uh, walk us through what you were seeing, what, what made sense, why, timing. I'd love to know what this looks like from your end. Yeah, so, uh, you know, for the last 15 years before this role, I was running our local TV division. And so we got 60 local TV stations, one of the biggest players in, you know, local uh, news, journalism, um, a lot of was second or, uh, largest owner of ABC affiliates, a bunch of NBC, CBS, Fox. So, um, you know, big player in that space. Uh, during the pandemic, we sort of remade the company. 
we got out of a couple of lines of business and we got into um, where we doubled down in networks when we acquired Ion. And I think as we went through that acquisition, you know, it's the fifth highest rated TV network in America behind ABC, CBS, um, Fox. Uh, but it's the only one that doesn't have sports. Obviously, the other four have a lot of sports. And so we spent some time sort of looking at what ION is and looking at what opportunity it could be. And then, you know, ultimately decided that um, ION could be a player in sports. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I think that was an opportunity for us to, you know, look at the landscape and see on a national basis, was there uh, a void to be filled with a network that could provide reach um, and distribution like any of the big four networks. And, and it's not just national, right? I mean, the the we're talking a few weeks after you guys announced with the, the Golden Knights that their local games in, in, in the Vegas area are going to be on free TV. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a few more teams, I would expect, that maybe do something similar in the coming months or coming years. But there's definitely a local component to the strategy as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, as we were looking at ION and the opportunity with that network, you know, we really took a step back and just looked at the entire sports ecosystem. And so our CEO said to me, hey, you know, can you kind of map out where you see the sports ecosystem and do you see an opportunity for scripts to play in it? We've got this big national network, but we also are in 40 different markets with 60 local stations. And so just assess the, the sports landscape. Obviously, you know, being in the role that I was, I interacted a lot with the networks on sports and helped negotiate some deals there. But it was interesting to sort of step back and look at all of the ecosystem. What could ION be on a league level? And also in these individual markets, we have these local stations, especially independent stations. Um, and, you know, reading the tea leaves of what was happening with the RSNs, I said, you know, they're probably coming to a breaking uh, point where... And this is even before, you know, there was a lot about Bally's financial situation. It didn't really matter. It was really clear to us that the business model was broken, that teams that when they signed their last deal with their RSNs were reaching 80% of the households in the market. Now we're reaching, in many cases, less than 40. Mm. And we said, even if, even if it's financially, financially viable, it's not a good business model if you own a professional sports team in a market and you can only reach 35% of the households in your market, you're missing two-thirds of your fans. And so we just felt like with cord cutting and the projections on cord cutting, and again, whether Valleys or AT&T or anybody was you know, financially um, you know, viable, it didn't matter. It, we just looked at the landscape and said, this thing's about to crack. Um, and teams are going to have to look for reach. They got to get to you know, their entire fan base. And so... It was at that moment that we said, you know what, um, you know, we were already starting to talk to some teams and some leagues. We were getting a lot of interest. What was clear in every conversation we had was either a team or league, except for the NFL, almost everybody has a reach problem. They're just not reaching enough of their fans. And so, you know, we just decided at that point, you know, we could see the train coming down the tracks. And we said, you know, let's put ourselves out there. Let's let people know we're open for business. We see an opportunity with this. And I think we hit our timing and our our um, inclination of what was coming was spot on. Hey, Brian, are you into intellectual, uh, intellectual property? How do you feel about IP debates? <laughs> Go for it. Uh, you know, one thing we do like to say about the Sportacast is we're positively entertaining. You know, I believe <laughs> I have said that more than once. Now, Evan, do you have any idea why I said that? 
Uh, no, I do not. I love it. I love it. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, being in a certain demo, I don't mind a lead into a good sports game of being a Criminal Minds episode. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with Criminal Minds and Ion references. But if people don't know, is it... Is it? Does it matter? Does the network matter, or does the sports property matter? I and the, I will use as an example True TV and the NCAA tournament. If you give me something that the public wants to see, they will find the platform. They may have to look it up once a year. Obviously, that's different in your case. But give me give me eyeballs, and people figure out a way to get there. Yeah, look, I think that's spot on. I think at the end of the day, you know, our company we own, you know, Ion. We also own like Court TV and. Uh, Bounce, a big African-American network. So we own six or seven networks and we own a lot of local TV stations. And so, you know, much of our company's built on on linear television. And what's really clear is what's the biggest driver of linear viewing is live sports. And live sports is appointment television and especially for loyal fans. And so, you know, look, this is a big pivot for ION. Um, you know, for many years, again, the prior owners did not have live sports on it. Um, and we're going to now begin to introduce that. So it will look, uh, it will look odd to its loyal fans. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, we think ION will look a lot like TBS, TNT, which again, have sort of procedurals and comedies and all during the day. And then it comes a point and it changes. And whether it's NHL hockey or NBA or, you know, and fans have gotten used to that. And so, you know, that network serves two different audiences. What they have in the afternoon may be totally different than what they have at night. But, you know, I'm a big NHL guy. When the playoffs are happening, I go to my phone, see what it's on. Or it's on ESPN, it's on TBS. And then, boom, I know where to look for it. I expect the same thing. And, you know, we're really excited. A week from Friday, we launched the WNBA on ION. And that'll be the first you know, our first franchise on um, ION. But I think it's also, you know, a big moment of opportunity for WNBA to have a franchise night on a national over-the-air broadcast. Yeah, they were, they were scattered on CBS Sports, but that was, it, was, it was tough to figure out. You, you need to let your fans know to have that appointment viewing. Yeah, and look, I think with anything in life, whether it's you're working out or you're eating or whatever, you know, if you can develop a habit, um, through consistency, um, well, then you can stay loyal to it. And I love this. That's but, uh, what we're going to try and do. Brian, you just hit us like as co-hosts. You just hit us perfectly. I have a good habit of eating. Edmund <laughs> has a good habit of working out. So I, I just don't like Perfect. to mix the two. <laughs> Balances. <laughs> yeah, we have, you, you help balance me. You run, I'll eat. Brian, I'm curious. There are almost every NBA, NHL, and baseball team is on an RSN of some sort. Some of them own their own and 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 those are working out great for them and they're going to stay there but there's a whole lot that are looking at other potential options if you can say how many teams are you talking to right now is it is it dozens is it i would love to know just kind of how much the conversation is happening right now as everybody starts to think about what their future looks yeah and like. are their voices shaking when they call yeah. <laughs> um we're not talking to dozens actively okay. um but i think there's a lot that are intrigued by what we're doing um we're talking to several in a couple of different sports actively. Look, at the end of the day, there's only so many people whose their rights are up right now. The Golden sure. Knights was a great example. Their rights were up. Well, actually, their rights weren't up, but AT&T, you know, to inform them that they wouldn't be producing anymore. And so there's a couple other teams in that same situation. There are other teams that just naturally their rights are coming up or up. And I think they're looking at, um, you know, the landscape and saying, what can we do to increase our reach? And so... You know, we're talking to some of them. Others, you know, have reached out and, and just are seeking to understand, um, hey, this new deal with the NHL, uh, this is interesting. 
I can tell you I was in the NHL offices in New York two days ago, and, and they're really excited about this business model of a team reaching, you know, going over the air and reaching cable, satellite, you know, the YouTube TVs and all the virtual, you know, services that are out there and over the air. And the idea that, you know, as a Golden Knights fan in Vegas, doesn't matter where you consume your television, doesn't matter if you pay for it or not, now you will have the opportunity to view it everywhere and anywhere. I think the NHL is super excited about that, and I know the folks in Vegas are as well. And, and from a team perspective, economically, the, the RSN model was a rights fee, and they got a check. Am I correct in thinking that under this model, it's it's less, I'm sure there's some cash, but it's more of a revenue sharing ads but what's the what's the economic setup for yeah under this it's, uh, every team's different um it really sort of depends in some cases their prior relationship with their rsns in some cases the rsns are selling the ads in some cases the teams are selling the ads for us it's really a conversation about more of a partnership we're not necessarily just coming in and saying hey we're going to give you a fee and we're going to take your rights right it's sort of like hey you know you've been reaching 35 percent of the households in your market and you're going to reach 100 and, you know, so, you know, you're not going to get paid what you used to get from the RSN. That business model is broken. It's very clear they're not going to be able to pay. And so, you know, our math doesn't quite add up to what they probably were getting in the past. But that said, there's a, you know, there's clearly a path for the teams to get whole. When you think about it, if you go from reaching a third of your audience to 100 percent of your audience, you know, that means your ratings are going to go up. So you probably your sponsorships and your ad revenue goes up. In addition to that, you're probably having the opportunity to sell more tickets, so your ticket sales go up. You're selling more tickets, you got more fans, now your merchandise sales go up. In states where there's sports betting, now maybe more people are, are transacting on, on your games, and in some cases there's uh, you know, a path to revenue for teams there. So you know that's sort of the conversation of like, hey, let's come together, let's bring our media expertise and your strong sports-slash-media brand Let's build something together and perhaps let's, you know, there'll be a fee, but let's share in the upside of what we can build. And we're both vested in being partners together. And there's all, you know, direct to consumers, another revenue stream. Let's create that together. It doesn't have to be the old model where if you're on TV, like the RSMO, you know, it's exclusive and you can't be seen anywhere else. Like that didn't work. And so, you know, our conversation with the Golden Knights and what we've talked about is not only are we going to, you know, reach 100 percent of the households, but we're going to work on a direct to consumer product together because, look, you know, they, you know, they're out west, but they're going to play, you know, a bunch of games against East Coast teams. Well, you know, if they're going to be out east and, you know, playing the Islanders or the Rangers or the Capitals or somebody like that, that's probably like a four in the afternoon or a five in the afternoon game back in Vegas. Well, you know, you got to take your kid to soccer practice or football practice, and you're going to sit in the car or sit on the sideline for two hours waiting for that to happen. The ability to have a direct-to-consumer product where we're streaming our broadcast signal there, and now somebody can sit there and catch the first, you know, period or two periods of a game, then walk back in their house, turn off the phone, put it on the big screen, and being able to really own your fan in all those places, that's another. And, by the way, in direct-to-consumer, the teams get to own their data which is huge. So, you know, once you own the data, you own the fan, and that provides such great opportunity. So there's all these other revenue streams that we're having conversations about beyond just, hey, we're going to pay you X dollar for, for your rights fee. We are chatting with Brian Lawler, president of Script Sports. And let me ask you this, Brian, and I talk about this all the time with the folks in the media. 
even if there's a diminution in the number of eyeballs, the number of people who are watching, and I know you're saying you're going to reach everybody in your home market, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get more eyeballs. But even if there's a diminution, because of what you just said, you, you own the data, you have a better, stronger relationship with the fans that you do have. Does the value of those eyeballs, each one, does the value proposition go up with each person? I think it does. I think, you know, you're, you're going to create much level, a much deeper level of fandom which I think, again, full engagement, that ability just to, you know, right now, if you want to watch, you know, a, a game on an RSN, you got to be in a TV, you got to be in a house, it's got to have a TV, that TV's got to be turned on, and you had to pay for a service to get it. The ability to put that product out there for free and the ability to put it, as I just described, on a, on a mobile phone, whether they pay for an app or not, but the ability to engage the fan everywhere, and then again, to own the data on that, it allows you to transact. I agree with you. I think they become far more valuable with through you know deeper fandom. Uh, I love the old line that John Skipper used to say to me. I and mean, we're going back many, many years. And he had the best of all worlds, right? When you when you were presiding over ESPN, you had the sub fee and you had advertising, yeah. you had the dual revenue streams. But he would still say, "I know damn well. I don't care what the setup is. Here's my task, and I think you'll agree with this." Just get me the eyeballs. It is my job to figure out how to monetize them. And if I can't, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, agreed. Well, we'll see here that, I mean, we'll see if the eyeballs are, are going up in, in, indeed. And we also had another, we never, we don't name the executive, but Evan and I, I mean, years ago, I, I marvel that people didn't see this coming. It's not like we didn't discuss it on the show. Maybe they should have been here uh, a little earlier. But one sports executive, a prominent guy said years ago, you know what the RSN is? And we are going back many years. It's a melting glacier, which I thought was the perfect description. And yet, it seemed to me that people were surprised and how quickly the accelerated nature of the demise of the model. Look, you know, it's a lot of money. And so, you know, the, the model is broken because of cord cutting. That said, we're still talking to some teams that totally get that they have a reach problem. They're only reaching a third of the households in their markets. And they're addicted to the cash. The cash is really good. It's been really good. And quite frankly, I think some teams will still renew and they'll say flat out, I know I got a problem. I, I know care. I'm only reaching a third of my fans and it's only going to go down from there over the terms of this next contract. Yet the money, I believe, is guaranteed and the money's too good to walk away from. And then, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work toward a D to C world three years from now or five years from now that can make me whole on that again. Are, are they, do you think they are ill-equipped to jump into that D to C world right now where they'll say, while we figure it out, while, you know, in mass, while we, not just that team, but while we all figure it out, might as well take the cash? Yeah, I think that's, that's reasonable. And, and look, a couple of the leagues are very much focused on you know, when their next deal comes up, you know, having a D2C, um, you know, partner, what that means remains to be seen. You know, look, I think the MLS um, agreement with Apple is interesting. Time will tell whether that was good for MLS and teams and fans. Can you give um, me your analysis right now? We don't have sub numbers. They're not releasing it. And that is their right. They don't have to. But I'm curious from what you see, you hear, if there's a few tea leaves, if you can read for me, how would your assessment go right now of from Apple's perspective and MLS is getting the money, but how do you think that deal is going? Yeah. My perspective is, uh, the money's great. Um, but I think, uh, searchability and visibility for, for teams is really a big problem. 
you know, prior to the league kicking off this season, we were talking to, you know, some folks we know in the MLS space, and they were definitely concerned about the eyeballs being able to serve their existing partners and customers and the ability to grow visibility with their fans. And, you know, I have some really good friends who are huge soccer fans that just refuse to pay the, what is it, 79, 89 bucks a month. You know, and by the way, these guys can afford it. Um, I don't know how many new fans are signing on. I actually happen to be a season ticket holder for FC Cincinnati. And so I get an Apple subscription for the MLS uh, for free. Um, How's it been? Just just from a consumer, how's it been? uh, Well, I've watched one game. (laughs) So, right. So (laughs) I go go to all the home games and then um, I, well, I tried to watch a second one, but they were on a two hour weather delay. But other than that, you know, I'm off doing my busy life. And um, because of the platform it's on, I sort of got to be home by my TV where I've downloaded it. So um, it hasn't made me watch more MLS, that's for sure. And I'm not watching any other teams other than my own. But that's just my personal experience. There's probably other people who are maybe more deeply engaged because it's clean. It is a good production and you can get every game there and be able to watch others. So there probably are some others who are deeper engaged. Not me personally. One, one, one league stands out among all the others as has always kind of preached this reach ethos. And that's the NFL. I did think it was interesting recently. The NFL announced that a playoff game going exclusively to Peacock uh, for, for this upcoming season, I think about a hundred reported $110 million for the game. But I, I found that really interesting because it, it has always felt to me like the NFL always wanted the reach thing and they could afford to get the money and the reach together. But the first team to really push this right, streaming because they only have the reach, they can take team. the chance and take the money. But if I'm not mistaken, it I still think I read that in the, in the local yeah. markets of yeah. those teams. So it's the same thing as the Amazon deal, right? Um, Thursday night, yeah. They pay the money on Thursday night, but in every local market, it has to be over the air. And look, I think that's consistent with what Roger Goodell has said for years, that the league was built on over-the-air broadcasting and fans deserve to see the games. And so even though you know this game will be you know behind a paywall on Peacock or the Amazon on Thursday nights, in the local markets, you will always be able to see your game for free over the air. I think it's really telling that they still prioritize that as they know they need to serve their local fans. How important do you think it is to, or how valuable is it to have everything in one place? One of the benefits to the MLS I think it makes deal it is really clean. every yeah. language, every out of town, in town, if you're, no matter where you are, everyone is watching and subscribing to the same platform. Look, it's getting more and more confusing, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, my, I got a 20 year old son and, he, you know, he comes from home from college. He's like, wait, where do I, do we have Peacock? Uh, do we have, you know, like what TV, where do I have Apple? Like what? You know, and it's getting more and more confusing. If, hey, but if seriously, if you're, but that's the demo wheelhouse. If the, if your twenty year old can't figure that out, that's uh, if I'm a commissioner, if I'm a, I'm an owner, if I'm a prospective owner, that would scare the bejesus out of me. Look, my twenty year old is a big Cincinnati sports fan. He goes to he goes to UCF in Orlando, and he just got home two weeks ago. And down there, you know, he watches all the Bengals games, and he, he watches Reds games on MLB TV. He came home, I have YouTube TV at home, and he said, hey, where are the Reds games? And I said, you can't get them. He said, what do you mean you can't get them? I said, they don't have them on YouTube TV. He said, I can watch all of the Reds games when I'm in Orlando, but when I come home to Cincinnati, I can't get them? And I said, yeah. 
for the love of Marge shot, what is happening in Cincinnati? <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you just about uh, macro level about rights fees. I mean, NBA is coming up. That is obviously a tier one property. It has global appeal. I, my, my guess is whether it's 2X, 3X, you hear it all. Adam Silver is going to do very well, and they like to distribute in any number of ways. Yep. But your, your broad topic discussion of sports rights fees, uh, that is the the i would say the linchpin as to what props up what we like to do is measure the valuations of these teams a companies um will they hold their value uh, will something come come around where just these networks or or whatever streaming services say you know what there's got to be a limit here look i think the next cycle um and I put it that way, right? Because we never know what the next technology, next platform, what's the next peacock, what's the next, right? So, but I think in the next cycle, I think the higher profile sports will continue to uh, generate increases. I think women's sports are going to get some momentum and, and get fees that they haven't gotten um, in the past. And then I think, you know, I wonder about like that second tier of conferences in the NCA, and with so much money and so much time being dedicated to, you know, the big five, I wonder what happens to the next five conferences and whether their value holds. But, Brian? But, well, you have a 20-year-old. I, I, I was going to save this for Eben, but let's, let's do it here because I think you'll enjoy it, and, and it's on point. Uh, reaching kids. You have a 20-year-old. I call my soon-to-be 14-year-old my focus group of one. <laughs> And he does not watch sports. He's a high-level hockey player. He plays baseball. He does not sit down and watch. So everybody's trying to figure out, how do I tap into his brain and vis-a-vis then my wallet? You know, I, I get it. And I don't know if I should be scared because of that or I should be encouraged. And I don't mean me. I mean like the sports world. Because the other day, I'm sitting there working. And my son's got his headset on and he's playing MLB The Show with his pals. And they scream bloody murder. I'm sure your son probably does even at age 20. And I hear him utter the line, are you, are you a moron or are you crazy? You know I dominate the Bob Gibson fastball. He's 14 or soon That's to be awesome. 14 years old. I took a moment. And I actually, I'm like, okay, what does this mean? <laughs> what the, from a sports business perspective, I'm like, what does that mean? And I, I haven't decided yet. So you tell me, because you've been doing this longer. And by the way, you were among the 80 most influential people in the 2012 broadcasting and cable set. What, what should I extract or what should Adam Silver or what should Rod Manfred extract from a 13 plus year old dominating Bob Gibson's fastball? Look, I think they're going to learn sports and engage with sports totally differently. Um, my son's addicted to Pat McAfee, right? A totally different platform, and yet that dude is God to him. Um, you know, I was at um, the Tech Summit for the NBA uh, around their All-Star, and they did a presentation about some of the integration they're doing that would engage a younger audience. Yeah, so you were huh? there too. I hold, I, right? I hold up my book. I always, yep. I always take the book at the text summit. Yep. I love these. So the demonstrations they did with, you know, avatars and replacing, you know, players with your pictures of your personal self, um, I think that's going to engage um, a younger, um, different audience to um, the game. And then hopefully they become fans. And then hopefully with the games not behind paywalls and hard to find – that, you know, maybe 
you know, they're now bringing, you know, have more visibility into them. And but now I, they can start messing with avatars and things like that. And they become fans yeah, in a different way. Like you said, the, the, the credit card is saved on the device. That's great. So they'll be able to extract money. However, I always go back to David Stern. Because I, I always hear David. I grew up with David saying the game is the core of it all. It's yeah. the game. It's the game. It's the game. And if the kids at the core, their core, don't care about the game, don't love watching the game, is is this sustainable? That's the well, question. I think part of the problem is many of the kids can't find the game. And so I, I do think that what we're doing is a game changer. And because, it, you know, if a kid goes to school, it, you know, if it's the first week of baseball season and, you know, they, you know, the Orioles, um, you know, suddenly have a rookie and out of the gate, the guy hits five home runs in the first seven games. And, you know, suddenly all these kids in school are starting to talk about this kid. Well, <laughs> the Adley Rushman jerseys are getting pulled out. Yeah, there you go. Right. But if this kid comes home and like, hey, you know, w mom and dad, these kids, everyone's talking about this guy and I can't find him. Well, we don't have it. You know, then, you know, if the kid can come home and watch, now he can become a fan. He starts to like this guy. Guy gets a couple more home runs. What's that kid saying? Hey, Dad, will you take me to yeah. a game this weekend? Hey, can I get a jersey? Yeah. Can I get exhibit a hat? A, exhibit A in the Sashnik household that backs you up was the World Baseball Classic. All, my, my son said to me, hey, can you drive me over to this kid's house? He's having a party for the championship game. And it was all about Otani. There you go. That it, yeah. it had reached their ears and they wanted to get together and watch that game. And I said, okay, yeah, oh, maybe there is hope. But I don't know. I don't know if I, there aren't enough sustained, there's not enough sustained momentum. But I do see pockets and they, they, there is opportunity. I'm just waiting to see who can capitalize. There, there, there was a time a couple of years ago where a lot of people thought esports was going to be the answer to a lot of this conversation and a lot of these questions. Brian, you're on the board, I believe, of Misfits Game, Gaming. Scripps is an investor. Uh, it's it's been a tumultuous few years for that industry. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on kind of what you think it, what the prospects look like now, and whether you still believe, and I think a lot of people do, that gaming, competitive gaming, could kind of fill some of the gaps we're talking about. Yeah, look, you know, so we are an investor in Misfits uh, Gaming. Um, you know, their own uh, professional teams in Call of Duty, um, Overwatch, and and for a long time, League of Legends. Um, you know, to be honest with you, we didn't invest in that company because we were interested in necessarily being part of, you know, um, esports and, and trying to be part of a team that wins, you know, the world championship or anything like that. For us, it was really, um, we saw Misfits as a different kind of company. We actually believe that for them, while the center part of what they were doing or the most visible part of what they were doing was being in the competitive esports space or the professional esports space, we really saw their interest in engaging with that Gen Z um, uh, through influencers and creating content and IP that was unique. And we ultimately felt that Misfits was a content company and a revenue company down the road. And of course, what scripts, 145-year-old content company and revenue company. And we thought there were things that we could learn from them and partner with them on. There were things that they could learn from us and partner with them on. Um, I do, you know, the business of esports is challenging. We're seeing that. Um, there's high levels of engagement. Um, you know, kids spend a lot of time on it. Um, but for us, um, we're really excited about uh, what Misfits is doing relative to now creating content with influencers in the gaming space. And so that company is starting to make a pivot. And that was sort of why we found that company unique. 
Uh, Brian, uh, every now and then when listening and just digesting, genius strikes me. <laughs> and I don't know why Eben's laughing. He knows I come up with good ideas. I've got oh, a great oh idea. You can take this for free. I want now. Let's go. But because you brought in McAfee, and recently, of course, he moved, he's moving to ESPN, and he'll have to clean up his language a little bit, says yep. he can, that's fine. I would watch, I would, and I'm not a McAfee guy, but I would watch if you could intersperse McAfee into the spelling bee. Every couple of rounds, he has to spell a word. That'd be I would awesome. Wa- and you get great viral <laughs> moments. The kids be like, who's this idiot? I, 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 think there's, I think you gain traction there. Good, good idea, bad idea? Brilliant idea. Brilliant. Eben Novi Williams, that's the clip we're going to promote with that right there. One more time, Brian. Good idea, bad idea? Brilliant idea. There you don't often is. get brilliant. My, my son would finally get... watch the spelling bee. There then. you go. You're, so, you're bringing in a new demo to the spelling bee. And by, by the, the way, way the, yeah. every, day, every year I uh, go to that, and every year that is the day I realize what a terrible father I was. <laughs> um, because my kids can't spell, either can I. Um, yeah, it's humbling. Uh, I hear you. All right, Brian Lawler. Well, we appreciate it. President, Scripps, Sports. Let's do the close. Eben, you want to do the close? Like, no, Eben usually you. screws up the close, Brian. So should clothes. we let him do it or should I just do it? That way it's clean. What do you think? We'll let you, you pick. He's All, right. Bring All, right. It. All right. I'm doing it. Thank you to Brian for joining us. He is Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. I am Eben Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Matt Whitehurst. Shout out to Matt and thank you. Cora Veltman, Sportico's digital media editor, would like you to know that you can download the show wherever you get your podcasts.